Welcome to In the News for December the 10th, 2022, even though we're, we're a day after. Jeff, your post is December the 9th, but we are recording this on Saturday, December 10th. I am Brett Bernie from AbsonLaw.com. And this is Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. It's okay, a day late. That's that's what it's a, you know. Hey, so. <laughs> it's travel. It's the it's that time of the year. Speaking of that time of the year, uh, wow, a couple of announcements coming out of Apple. One that um, you covered. Let's see, what a couple of days ago, right? <laughs> uh, apparently, this is a phrase that you're going to hear Apple talking about quite a bit these days: advanced data protection. Uh, I, I'm saying that just because I remember uh, uh, in a video that you linked to. <laughs> they had Craig Federighi from uh, from Apple, and uh, uh, this is Joanna Stern from the Wall from the uh, Washington um, Wall Street Journal. Uh, yeah, it, it Wall Street Journal, and they, and they just like repeated it over and over and over. He's like, "Advanced data protection, advanced data protection, advanced data protection." Why don't you explain to us, Jeff, what is advanced data protection from when, Apple? When <laughs> Apple comes out with the uh, a buzz term for an item, they will stick to their buzz term and not the more generic yes. description. Yes. Um, and in fact, before getting into it, let me sort of step back a second, which is is that even though we're at the end of the year, and normally we, cert we certainly would not see Apple hardware announcements this late in the year, right, and right. even Apple software announcements this late in the year is a little rare, but we have a new version of iOS coming out, iOS 16.2. Yes. It's going to probably come out this week, and I say that because the release candidate, which is usually the last beta before the final, the release candidate came out just a couple of days ago. So, oh, you know, okay. they, unless they discover any bugs, I really think that by the time people are listening to this podcast, yeah. they're going to be yeah. like a day or two away. So when 16.2 comes out, it actually has some pretty big features. And one of them is this advanced data protection, which is something that I had been hoping that Apple would do for so many years that I had frankly given up. I really, I honestly had given <laughs> up. I figured that <laughs> they weren't going to do it. And the issue is this, you know, we have data on our phone, which is synced one way or the other through Apple servers, whether right. it's your text messages through iMessage or whether it's your photos through iCloud photo, iCloud photo library, or perhaps most importantly, when you back up your phone, um, it gets backed up to iCloud, which is Correct. a fantastic feature because when you yes. get a brand new phone, then it's so easy to get the new yeah. one up and running. Absolutely. But it has always, it, concern might be an exaggeration, but I've always been cognizant of the fact that Apple has something on their server, which is my confidential data. And especially right. as an attorney, because of the duties of confidentiality towards, right. you know, you need to keep things reasonably protected. Now, Apple has never been hacked. They keep things in encrypted formats. So right. it's it ought to be safe on Apple, much like um, attorneys use things like Dropbox or Box.com or, things, you know, right. those sorts of services right. too. So I've never lost a ton of sleep over it, but I've always wished that there could be a little bit more security because up until now, when Apple has its backup of your device, um, although it's encrypted on their server, um, the Apple has the key to unlock the encryption. And that's for good door, reason, right. because if you, you know, people come in with their sob story, I lost my phone or I can't remember my password. I've <laughs> right. lost everything. Can you get me back up and running again? And if you go to an Apple store and, if, and if, 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 if things line up, an Apple genius can often get you up and running again. Um, but the only reason they can do that is because they have a key to your data. So what Apple is going to allow with advanced data protection is that it's going to be a level of encryption that Apple can't get into. You know, it's just random ones and zeros as far as they can see. And so the advantage is it's additional security. So if yeah, Apple wanted yeah. to get into your data, not that you don't trust them, they can't. If Apple got a, um, a warrant or a subpoena um, from a third party, they can't give them access to your data, which is right. great for attorneys right. and doctors and other people with, you know, HIPAA and stuff like that, that, you know, it's really, 
really secure. Um, and if Apple is hacked, Apple hasn't been hacked. And I hope that they would never be. I mean, you know, they must have so many smart people protecting themselves right. every day. But if Apple was ever hacked, um, you know, you wouldn't want them, the bad guys, to be able to get access to your data. And so this is protection. So this sounds all great. More security, right? We should all have it, right? Well, it's not going to be turned on by default because mm, it is okay. dangerous. If you enable this feature, then it means that you have taken on full responsibility for your data. Oh, if you lose point. your yeah. iPhone, Apple can't yeah. help you. Um, and so what Apple's done to to you know to get into your data, you just need to have your your password, whether it's your iPhone password to get into your iPhone or your your um your, Apple your password ID for or, your iCloud right. Apple ID, exactly like that. Right. But if you lose that stuff, They've now enabled these two features, and one of them is, and this is a great one, that you can designate a person to protect right. you. And so right. I might say, hey, if you know Apple, I'm going to designate Brett because that way, if something ever happens to me, I trust Brett. Now it would have, need to be somebody you trust, but I trust Brett to to help get me out of here. And he's a he's more of a, right. a tech minded person, so I would trust you not to lose my password. You know, you might not want to designate somebody that you don't consider. 100%, you know, of a, of a tech person, because they might understand the importance of the key right. or of, of right. that power. But you want to designate somebody, you know, this is somebody I trust, a friend, a family member. Um, and so if I can't get in, they can help me get in and they can prove to Apple that I am really me. Or a second thing you can do, or you can do both of them, is you can say, I'm going to have a recovery um, ID, which yeah, you could print key. out and put yeah. into a lockbox. Or I imagine, although I'm not 100% sure, I imagine if you wanted to, you could put it in like your one password or something like that. We'll see. Mm -hmm. But yep. the idea is that if you forgot your password, you can always use this backup. Now, if you lose that backup, well, then... <laughs> Too bad for you. You've so, lost. Um, but with those two levels, I think that's that that shows a good level of thought about this. Those are two reasonable solutions that if right. you have both of them enabled, you know, I think that you're probably pretty protected, even if you do forget your own password. So I am very cautiously optimistic about this. I plan to turn it on and um and get yes. just a little bit more protection. Yeah. I thought the video that I just referenced from Joanna Stern at the Washington. Excellent. excellent. It's a, it, that is a great, or, sorry, Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal. Uh -huh. That is a great video to watch. <laughs> I mean, first of all, it's a little humorous, but I love, she, I thought she did a great job of balancing. She even asked the question that, you know, it, the way that we are approaching it, just you and I, cause, cause I know you like, I'm all for it, right? It, this is fantastic. Thank you, Apple, for giving us this option. And yes, I like the way you put it, Jeff. Like, I'm going to take on the full responsibility for this information. But there's another side to this, right? The flip side. And Joanna asked uh, Craig Federighi about this. Like, uh, what about uh, law enforcement? I think of this other story from the Washington Post that yeah. you linked to. It says, the FBI expressed displeasure. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I thought Craig uh, from Apple uh, answered it very well and uh, you know it's obviously he's i feel like he's been trained well but uh didn't he say something along the lines of well we both want the same thing right we mm -hmm. we want to protect people just like law enforcement wants to protect people <laughs> but in this case we know what people you know what what people are storing on their iphone and on in icloud and um just the fact that we're giving some additional tools on this like it is now uh, on folks i don't think law enforcement I don't want to paint a broad brush, but I don't think law enforcement sees it quite the same way. Uh, but I thought Craig, you know, did a nice uh, sidestep on some of that. But it, but it's true. Like, we've just talked to pause about on that before. I mean, yeah. What, what you're saying there is what Craig is saying is the innocent victims. We want to right. give them protection. Exactly. And that's yes. something police yes. would agree with. What the yes. FBI is saying right. is, well, that's fine. But bad guys who use exactly. iPhones, 
We yes. want to be able to access their iPhone right. to see right. who they talked to, what they did to try to, you know, piece together the crime. And, and obviously Craig wasn't, you know, he was just sidestepping that, that, that right. issue on that. <laughs> right. And that, exactly. you know, is, that is this issue. And, you know, we talk about it in terms of, you know, law enforcement in a country like the United States, the, what I thought was the, the most interesting question that Janet's turn to ask was, yes. you know, what does China think about this? Because oh, yeah, China, right. for example, <laughs> is one of the countries that requires that servers be in their country. There's right. no right to privacy. You know, the government has access. And Craig's sort of flippant answer was, well, uh -huh. they haven't said anything to me about I it. Know, yet, I know. <laughs> but it is. I Thanks, mean, Craig. <laughs> this is a big this is a big deal, I think. And it will be interesting to see how far, you know, whether a country like China or Russia or, or any place that a more authoritarian regime. Um, yeah. Pick your favorite yeah. authoritarian regime in the world. Right. Would they. Right require or attempt to require Apple to not allow this feature to be turned on? And what would Apple say? Um, Apple has always been very, very much into privacy. Um, and it, it'll it'll be a question. Yeah. We'll just have to see how this one plays out. And, and lastly, just real quick, because I know we're spending some time on this, but you know, it, to me, this is just sort of a next step, next evolution. Um, like you mentioned, we already have, you know, uh, encryption, encryption in transit, right? When you're, when you're connecting to iCloud, uh, you know, repeatedly we've talked about how messages, the iMessages app, in fact, a lot of security professionals will talk about how that is very, very secure. As long as you're using, you know, the recipient and the sender is using an iPhone and you're using iMessages, it's very secure in that. And to me now, it just, Feel like this is an additional layer, additional level to where Apple is like, well, we're gonna, we've already encrypted in transit, now we're gonna encrypt it at rest as well. Like we're just adding additional layers mm -hmm. of the encryption, and really. Again, I just like the way that you put it. Like you are taking on more responsibility. These are fantastic tools now, but you have to understand, like, like, uh, you know, the the ramifications of that. Yes, this is additional security. A lot of us like that additional security, but then you're taking on about a little bit more of that responsibility. But kudos on this. I, I just, I, I, this is the way I kind of look at it. It's another incremental, fantastic next step. But I know with every one of those steps, we have we have arguments on both sides or discussion points on both sides. I guess is a better yep. way to put that. Yep. Good stuff on that. Okay, so that was one announcement. The other announcement, it's a little more fun. <laughs> Something, uh, I, I mean, I think we're always going to call it, like you mentioned this as well, uh, Apple Karaoke. But officially, it's called Apple Music Sing. Isn't that right, Jeff? That's right. And so Apple has taken the ability that for selected songs, although a very, very large number of them, um, when 16.2 comes out again <laughs> this week, um, you will be able to reduce. Well, there's sort of two parts to Apple Music Sing. One part okay. is showing you the lyrics, which is something we've had for a while. It's right, now even right. more precise. So it'll <clears throat> give you like oh, syllables by you. syllable lyrics. <laughs> okay. So you can see exactly when you should be you know, singing a word out loud. Um, and for songs that have duets, you can even have the two different singers. Like um, if you're on an iPhone, one singer will be left justified and the other singer will be right justified. So you can sort okay. of tell whose turn it is to sing. So that's one step is advanced lyrics. And the second step is if you want to sing along, and this is the karaoke feature or the, the other half of the karaoke feature, <laughs> is you can reduce the vocal. So Apple, it's it's not a special karaoke version of the song. It's the actual real okay, song. Okay, thank goodness. But <laughs> Apple is analyzing the data. And, I, and I'm curious if this has something to do with the, um, the Dolby Atmos and the stuff like that that Apple has mm -hmm. nowadays. That they can right. spatial um, you know, audio, spatial yeah. audio that they can isolate different parts of a song. I, I I don't know, but they can isolate the audio track, and there is a little volume button that you can decide whether you want the audio track audio Ooh. track all the way up so that you're singing with the artist, 
or if you want to turn it down halfway or even all the way down so that it's just your voice. And so I think this is a perfect way for people to have fun with karaoke. Um, no it's, kidding. It's fun that Apple is bringing this out just before the holidays. I mean, I could definitely see a bunch of teenagers sitting around in front of Apple TV and doing sing along with their favorite songs. Um, you know, it, kids are always so good at liberty. I mean, I, last weekend we saw a Broadway show that came to New Orleans called Six, uh, S-I-X. Okay. Um, sort of like a Hamilton type show, but it had some good pop songs in it. And my daughter has been listening to the soundtrack all week <laughs> to the point that when I was in the car with nice. her yesterday, she nice. knows every word for every song for something that she had not even heard before we saw the show last Saturday. And Sing so along, Dad. Exactly. So maybe she could you know, use something like this to, to, to play with it. So I think it's great. The one interesting thing that jumped out at me is this yeah. doesn't sound like that sophisticated of a feature. And yet when you look at Apple's list of what you, yeah, you wrote about this, this right? It's, it's more robust than I would have thought. Like, I would have thought that most recent Apple TVs would be a perfect candidate for this, but the yeah. only one that it works with is the one that came out this year, which, you know, I suspect a lot of people don't have. Oh. It's brand new. Yeah. Um, so you have to have the one that came out just a few months ago. And likewise, you need to have iPhones are pretty good. You can go back to, I think, the iPhone 11, maybe. But, okay. Um, okay. But if you Listen, have, you wrote iPhone, it all up here. Yeah. Yeah. I have it all written down there so you can see which one it is. But if, but if you have like an iPhone with a button on it, like an SE or an iPhone, uh, was it the eight or whatever it was? Those are yep. not going to work with it except for the yep. very most recent SE. Um, so you need to have pretty new hardware. Really? Is, 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 I understand that Apple is doing its analysis on device. So when you reduce the volume and stuff, that's not happening on their server. You're, you're doing that. So I do understand there's a level of sophistication there, but I'm still a little surprised that Apple is putting the hardware requirements yeah. up there. But the good news is if you get a brand new iPhone for Christmas or a brand new iPad or a you're brand good. new Apple TV, you're you going to be sing perfect. Along. Sing along <laughs> to your heart's content until you annoy all of those around you. Oh my goodness. Okay, well that's fun. And boy, I'm looking forward to 16.2. I think that's going to that's going to be uh neat as well. Yeah. Uh because maybe some app developers are watching uh the release of 16.2 as well. Yet another little uh announcement came out from Apple for app developers. Uh we we talk a lot of times about app store subscriptions, right? I have a subscription to Paste and I have, you know, Tweetbot and several of these subscriptions. And normally, I think Jeff, I'm usually anywhere from like $2.99 a month or $3.99 a month, or sometimes, you know, I pay up front, you know, $50 or $60 for a year. But it looks like we're going to, we're going to have a lot more options potentially here that the app developers can charge for subscriptions. Apple is kind of opening up like several hundred more options, right? What they can charge now. And I know that the headline of this article that you're looking at says subscriptions, but I actually thought it was all app store prices. I think. Oh, that, maybe um, it is. Okay. I, I, okay. I have to look at this and see, but it used to be that, you know, things had to be 99 cents, like 0.99 yeah. or. Oh, okay. Okay. I think that it's now going to be any app or any subscription is oh, going to have interesting. thousands more price points. And so you can have like an app that might be free. But in in-app purchase, instead of it being a minimum of a dollar, it can now be as little as 29 cents. I think that's the cheapest oh, now. Okay. And then okay. you've got increments every 10 cents. So you might have one in-app purchase that's 39 cents and one that's 59 cents or um, you know, a dollar fifty or whatever. And so there's gonna be a right. lot more price points. And so this, you know, how long the app store has been around, what, uh 14 years now, right, we've also right. gotten used to these, you know. 
more regular intervals and stuff like that. Right now, right. we're going to start to see a lot more. And but I think you know this is a very small, I mean, relatively small thing that developers have been asking for, but they have been asking for it for a long time. So it's nice that Apple finally gave them to it, and developers will Absolutely. play around with different price points. But the real message for people is, for the first time in your life, you're going to start to see App Store prices that are different from what you've seen in the past. So I think you this know, is great. Yes, there this will be an great. app that may cost two ninety nine. But there was right. one that cost three dollars, or three ten, <laughs> or three twenty. Right. So uh, all sorts of different price points. So uh, it's just kind of weird that this hasn't been available. But I'm sure yeah. Apple has some some you know obscure reason why. Uh, I mean, it has been kind of nice. It has been, I guess, consistent, right? So you kind of know it's always mm-hmm. going to be a dollar, some dollar amount, you know, mm-hmm. ninety nine cents. But uh, yeah, well, this will be interesting to see how Apple stores will um, uh, or, or app developers will uh, treat this. How about a stocking stuffer, Jeff? Uh, the, tis the season, right? Uh, I think you also wrote, I don't know if we need to talk about it today, but we've mentioned the fact that if you wanted a new iPhone 14 this, this year, uh, good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one start, you did link to a story, right? That's like, maybe try your Apple store, you know, don't go, but, but don't go into in a scam artist of any kind. Anyway. You link to another story from David Sparks, one of our favorite guys. That uh, uh, he talks about. I'm wearing my Mac Tis Power t shirt right now. So oh, oh, oh nice. Okay, Power good, very logo. good. <laughs> Shout out to Mac Power Users Podcast, which is always fantastic. But David uh, wrote just a, a little blurb about, hey, tis the season. You might want to think about changing out your batteries for your Air Tags. Yeah. <laughs> and he links to it. I think you know, there's a, there's a, there's hundreds of these, of, like on Amazon and other places you can order. Just make sure you don't get the bitter coated <laughs> coated ones. That's right. uh, but it is, you know, it's just a good reminder, like you need to replace these batteries because you don't want them to die. And he has a good stocking stuffer stuffer idea in this article that if you want to get a cover, like one of these sort of poly polyurethane oh, yeah, rubbery covers for yeah. your Apple TV remote that can fit an AirTag holder in it. And they only cost like eight or nine bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Um, I haven't tried one of these myself, but if you find yourself losing your remote all the time. Putting an air tag in there is a nice way to find it. So why not? That's a neat little gift idea. I kind of like that actually. I guess it's more than eight or nine dollars because you also have to put a twenty-five dollar air tag in there. (laughs) Speaking of which, you know, there were some really cool. I think we may have talked about this on our on our gift guide, which is still available and and downloadable for folks. But uh, there was really good prices on like i think the airpods pro are coming back down to around the 200 dollars mark you know they're, oh they're yeah for there were some great discounts yeah there was the uh max safe uh, battery uh pack which uh i think was getting somewhere even around 80 dollars now mm-hmm. the Air- apple air tag four pack looks like it's back up to about uh, just under a hundred dollars there but i think mm-hmm. it was on sale even as well anyway yeah just an FYI, watch those prices yeah. yeah because there's some good stuff that i think maybe even you know leading up to last minute presents or something along those lines that uh you might want to consider thinking about as well. Yep. Yep. Let's do a little bit of a workflow here. One of the apps that we talked about last week, I remember, is Good Notes for the iPad because they won, I forget exactly what it was called, like an app store. I- iPad app of the or, year. Yeah. Whatever it iPad was. iPad app Apple. of the year for goodness gracious. And congratulations to the team of Good Notes. Uh, you use this religiously. I know you've been using this for years, Jeff, and you yeah. love it. But, you know, I had never thought about this that I use GoodNotes and Notability on my iPad, but I don't really look for it on my computer, like my Mac or my Windows. Uh, you mentioned that GoodNotes announced they were going to be bringing their app to Windows. It's already available on Mac. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you use that a little bit, but having it on Windows is going to help you even from a professional standpoint as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love it because I take notes for work purposes all the time. And right. although I primarily look at them on my iPad, sometimes if I'm at home where I have an iMac, 
it's nice right? just to sort of pull up my notes. I'm not going to, wow. I, don't, I don't have the ability to write notes. I guess I could type. Right. Them. You just want to view but them. Or I'm not really reference notes on my Mac, but I definitely will look at something. Um, and I think it would be just as useful for folks that use a PC Windows in their office to be able right. to pull up their notes. And so when they announced this week that they're starting a beta process, um, I, I think this is great. Now, if you if, don't get too excited about it yet, because I did notice that if you okay. sign up for the beta, the version <laughs> right. that they're using right now doesn't have sync, which is the whole point oh, of it for me. So exactly. right now they're just kicking the okay. tires. Okay. But once yeah, yeah, they yeah. get, you know, once it goes into the final version, of course, it will have sync, I, I presume at least. And then that's what I'd really want. I want to be able to take notes on my iPad. And then if I want to share them with somebody else or if I want to store them somewhere on yeah, my computer right, or something. Right. I just want to be able to open up a good notes app on my computer and export some PDF notes or take a look exactly, at things. Exactly. So that's going to be great. I mean, it, this is already such a useful app and giving you even more access to your notes. Sign me up. This is great. So bravo. Fantastic. I feel like this uh, post, your post yesterday was tip packed or packed with tips. Yep, yep, One yep. of the stories you linked to <laughs> was Apple Watch tips. This is great. I, I enjoy uh, this this gentleman. His name is Jay Blanick. He is mm -hmm. the, uh, I forget exactly. He's like, he's the, the head of Apple guru, Fitness. But he's, yeah, head the of head Apple of Fitness. Apple Fitness. Okay, very good. He, he does great interviews and, and uh, I think he oversees like the Fitness Plus uh, mm -hmm. service. But obviously he was talking about the Apple Watch. And, I, I don't know if I saw anything in here that, you know, I, I every time I look at these like collections of tips, I'm like, okay, was there one that I don't know about? Mm -hmm. I was pretty comfortable with most of these, but I was so thrilled to see that, um, you know, th they're, they're just very conscious at Apple Fitness about how people are using the watch and what are some additional, you know, components or little, little views or other additional little features that they can be offering to help people take better advantage of it. And this is a great little story from the sun. Yeah, I agree with your assessment. There's a good chance that most of the tips that he mentions in, in here are things that you already know. I mean, things like, for example, that on the watch, you can now adjust if you're using Apple Fitness to you know, what statistics you want to have on the first page and what statistics you want to have on the second page in your watch. Just so yeah, you can more easily good. get the things that matter to you. But um, but anyway, it's, it, was, it was a cute, nice little article. And um, I think it's worth absolutely if you, if you use Apple Fitness in any way, whether it's with a watch or just with your phone or the Fitness Plus apps, um, it's worth a read. Yeah, and they even have a little uh, quote from Bakari. He's one of my favorite uh, coaches <laughs> in <laughs> Apple great. Fitness Plus. He's, really, he's got really like good. the biggest smile ever. Yes, I just, I, you know, it always makes you, anyway, I just love his quote quickly in there, like Apple Fitness Plus. He, he just encourages folks, you know, even if you got 10 minutes, like there's something in the Apple Fitness, uh, you know, system, the ecosystem that you can try. And that's, that's mm -hmm. good as well. Now, on the other hand, you link to a story about iPhone tips. And I got to tell you, there's at least one or two in here, Jeff, that I, I, I think, I feel like I knew about, but I'm like, oh, I haven't been using it that way. At least for me in this list that you linked to was dragging the volume slider on the mm -hmm. on the home screen like i always just click the side buttons all the time like everybody does but if you click it once and you've got that little slider that's on the left side apparently you can tap and slide your finger on that volume bar and i'm like man i i knew about that and it's one of those things that i just don't use how did you find this uh this any tips in here that that uh, you found you didn't remember yeah, one that jumped out at me is one that I sometimes don't remember to use. It was number 11 on the list, and it's Ooh, copying okay, and pasting photo is. edits. So let's say <gasps> you take a whole bunch of pictures at the same time, 
And then, although the iPhone does a pretty good job of making the picture look pretty darn good, sometimes you'll want to adjust it. Like maybe it'll be like a sunset picture that just to get the colors just right, you want to make some sort of adjustment. Yeah. Once yeah. you've gone through the trouble of adjusting one picture, Ooh. you can copy all of your adjustments and paste it to like the next nine or 10 pictures. Um, and you may then have to That's go in and great. do a little more specific tweaking, but it's really useful just to sort of like, let me at least do everything on this picture that I did the last one. And then I might want to, you know, adjust some levels up. Okay, and that's cool. So again, I don't have that's to do cool. a ton of adjustments because the iPhone, the phone does a pretty good job. But sometimes right, right, you do need right. to make adjustments, and that that's one that I I use. But I whenever I use it, I always tell myself, you know, I I, I don't probably use this <laughs> Remember enough. Remember that one. You know, you you don't think about it. It's not front of mind. But um, so anyway, there's a lot of them on this list that you may know and love, but it's worth taking a look at. That's good tips. Anything is new well, for you. Right before we get to our tips that we're going to share in the know, uh, just one last little story that you linked to, and I, 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 I love this. This is like a snow rescue. We predicted this way on, of just course. like many other people, that now the iPhone 14, the emergency SOS via satellite, was successfully used to uh, uh, to rescue a gentleman in Alaska. Uh, apparently, he was on a snow machine. I'm not really sure what a snow machine is. I'm thinking it's like a like snowmobile or something. Maybe? Yeah, I, I, I was thinking that's what I was thinking. But the Alaska state troopers received an alert that a man traveling by snow machine from Nurevik to Kotsubi, I apologize to all of our Alaskan listeners, he had become <laughs> stranded. And so they were able to find him because he activated an emergency SOS via satellite on his iPhone 14. Way to go. I'm just like, we knew some of these stories were going to start pouring in uh, with the satellite uh, component. And I'm, I'm, I'm just thrilled to see them. <laughs> it's very yeah, good. It's, so it's great that this guy was saved. Two things that jumped out at me about this story. One was that the uh, 911 folks talked about how useful it was, the way that the information was initially received. Right. Because yeah. when you use this function, before you even send your SOS message, your phone will ask you a series of like seven or eight right. questions. You know, right. what's your injury? Where are you located? What happened? And then it, it um, compresses all of that down because it knows what the questions and the answers are. Right. And so when the 911 folks get their initial readout of information, it's like got all the key details right stuff. there, yeah, GPS, yeah. what the story is. And they remarked about how efficient that was to get all of that information. The second thing that I thought was interesting, and I had not read this before, but apparently Apple says that the satellite connectivity doesn't work great if you're above 62 degrees latitude. I live in New Orleans. The idea of being huh. that high north is okay. you know, completely <laughs> foreign to me. But if you live in Alaska or Upper Canada, then you can you know, know what that means. This guy apparently was close to 69 degrees latitude. Oh, so my he goodness. He was you know, way north of where this feature is guaranteed to work, and yet it still worked for him. So that was nice that you know, no even though this kidding. was a more right. extreme you know, use of it, it, it worked. They got his location. He got helped. I mean, who knows what would have happened? I mean, I can't be dramatic and say that he would have died. But then again, you never right, know if you're right, in the right. middle of If I was in the middle of nowhere, Alaska, <laughs> on a snowmobile, and I got trapped, Brett, if you were in Newervik, goodbye, yeah. Jeff. You know, that right, would be the end. Right. So, yeah. uh, so thank goodness this guy was That's there. so great. I, I'm sure that will be the first of several, Jeff, that we'll be oh, reporting you know, on, which is really fantastic. In the know, here is my tip. I was just uh, uh, speaking at a conference all day yesterday, and um, I I'm not going to point fingers, but I, I just could tell that there were there were folks around me that were getting message notifications. Right, people were texting them, either it was clients or you know it was it was folks, and I I knew it was messages because I would hear a notification, and then two minutes later I would hear another notification if they had not picked up their phone. So what I'm getting to here by default. 
the iPhone uh, iOS will repeat a notification when somebody sends you a text message, which I like. Um, Cause if you missed the first you one, you like it. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I'm like, why is this pinging me again? So if somebody sends you a text message and, and you get the notification, if you pick it up and, you know, open it or like go and, you know, or dismiss yeah. that, then you're fine. Right. But if you get the notification and you don't pick it up, you don't dismiss the notification two minutes later by default, it'll send you, it'll repeat that notification. So you like it. I'm sure some people do. Yeah, but, but if you purposefully if you ignored it, that can be annoying. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of, I think, where, where I'm getting to on here. So anyway, I just want to let people know that the way you can stop this, I, I find most of the time I'm usually picking it up. My, you know, my phone's always close to me. So I usually pick it up or I can dismiss it, you know, or I'll respond to somebody there. But if you only want to get a single notification or... If you want to get 10 notifications, I was just going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> there is a way to go in and change that. So if you go into your settings, you go to, um, uh, well, let's see. This, I think this instructions, I'll have to uh, double check on this. I go into settings and go to notifications. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Let me double check this. Well, while we're in the article that you read said settings, messages, notifications. I know, but I don't right think. Now. So I actually went into settings and notifications, and then in, not in that set, you have to scroll all the way down, and you find messages in the notifications section. Yeah, but you can do it the other way too, because I just did it. Oh, so you can. Okay, good. App, okay, okay. Go so either messages, way, then go to notifications, scroll to the end down to customize notifications. Customize notifications, and the only customization that I have there <laughs> is repeat alerts. Is that the only right. one you have too, Jeff? Okay, yep, same, same. So now. This this was a little confusing to me. This is just how my brain works. I'm like, it says repeat alerts, and it says once. And for my mind, I'm like, well, if I want it to repeat, I want it to repeat twice, right? I don't know. It's just the way that I was thinking about yeah, this. So it's repeating once. So it's two it's total It's repeating alerts. once. So two total. Exactly. Thank you, yeah. Jesse. You, you, you get me. I, I appreciate that. So you could go in and you can say never, which is what I will have it set on. You could have it once, twice, three times, five times, or 10 times. <laughs> if you really just want to know when somebody's peeing you on that, I think that's a little ridiculous and redundant, but some people may want to have that on there. You know, uh, so, I may, I may uh, need to go to my teenage son's phone and change his to 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> because if he doesn't respond to my first, my text, good point. You know, good point. I love that. And it says that, by the way, down there, their alerts repeat at two minute intervals. Now, the the only tail end of this tip, I would say quickly, Jeff, is that uh, also uh, you will get text notifications on your Apple Watch. And so the way that you can do that, and this is usually turned on by default this way, but you can go into the watch app on your iPhone and mm -hmm. go into notifications and messages and you can say mirror iPhone, right? So whatever right, settings you right, have on right. the iPhone, it'll mirror that same setting on your Apple Watch. Or you can do different custom, you can do a custom notification for your Apple Watch through the Apple Watch app on your phone. So if you wanted to have, you know, multiple notifications on your watch, you can do that while only one notification on your phone. So anyway, that's my tip on there. I just, I, I know that some people love this and like it, like sounds like you do. You have, you have multiple notifications. Uh, for me, I'm like, I'm going to say never. I don't want it to repeat. I just want it to one notification. That's plenty for me. And then I'll take care of it, you know, if and when I can. 
Yeah, that's a good tip. I, I, I although I like the, the setting that is by default, I actually did not realize that was customizable. So that's good to know. I like, um, I'm going to do the same with my kids as well. <laughs> like that. I'm going to go in and change their. Can sex. I make it like just when me or my wife send messages? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. That, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you can change the sound, you know, on that. Like yeah. you can actually customize, you know, sounds. That's another tip. We'll, we'll because what I don't want day. is when his buddies are texting him and we're having dinner at the table. I don't want exactly. those to go up ten times because that would be nonstop. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Enough talk about teenagers. This is not teenage chat. Exactly. Sure we could we could have that podcast as well if we wanted. So my tip today um, actually involves my teenager because I was doing it recently. My son. Oh, good. Was, okay, good. To one of these uh, these like dance type things, formals. You know, the kids get dressed up and they go to the school yeah. dance. And so he was going with a friend of his. And so of course, you know, I went to the house where the 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 his his. I guess date you would call it was, and we're yep. taking pictures and we're sharing pictures with each other because the kids looked good, all dressed up, they clean up well. And so in sharing <laughs> pictures to each other, what we were all doing um, without really thinking about it was using sharing a whole bunch of pictures and using iCloud links. And so I thought this would be a good tip to talk about today. Oh, yeah. So okay. when you go okay. to share a photo, let's say you have one photo or a bunch of photos and you tap on the share button in the photos app, um, at the very top of your screen on your iPhone, you'll see right. something that says options. And if you tap on options, you'll see three choices there. By default, it's set on automatic, but the other two choices are individual photo, or if it's a video, it says individual video. And the other one is iCloud link. And so the issue is this, yeah. if you're sending one or more photos, do you want your iPhone to decide on its own whether it's going to send individual photos or whether it's going to put the photos in the iCloud and send people a link, um, or do you want to have control over that yourself? Yeah. And I find it useful to have control over this myself. Now, this feature oh, only works if you use iCloud Photo Library, which I think most people do. But right. assuming that you're using iCloud Photo Library, if you want to share like 10 pictures with someone else, um, like 10 pictures of the kids putting their corsages on each other, which was my case last week, um, <laughs> if you send an iCloud link, you, it's, it's a lot better because, first of all, you're not sending multiple I megabytes like through text messaging or through right. email or whatever, you're just sending a link. And then additionally, you've, you can send more information because what I wanted to do and what I wanted to receive from other parents was the full quality version of the picture. I didn't yes. want it to be, you know right. how if you send an individual picture, That's right. you then get a pop-up saying, do you want to send small, small medium, medium, large, large yeah. or, or original? And original, see, people yeah. because of size might send me small or medium, but those pictures are so compressed and they've yeah, lost so much the whole of the original. Thing. I want the full quality picture, especially if I want to crop it. And so with an iCloud, link it's it's you don't have to worry about that iCloud you know handles the the big size of the picture and you have an option when you use an iCloud link it's going to always share the location data just you, you can't turn that off it's going to share the location data but then you have an option if you turn it on to include all photos data which includes the original picture quality um the, the history, oh, the edit history. So like if you've cropped it or turned it, the other person, when they get the picture, they could undo that if they wanted to. Metadata, okay. like any keywords that you've added, filters, live photo effects. And so if you want to send or receive the full, you know, just as if they had access to your iPhone with all the details, right. you can send, use an iCloud link and you can turn on the option to include all photos data. And of course, the reverse is true. If you don't want all that information, if you don't want location data, if you just want to send someone a picture, but none of the metadata, then you're going to want to choose individual photo, okay. turn off, include all photo data, and right. turn off location data. And that way, someone's going to see your picture, like maybe a picture that was taken at your house without right. seeing exactly where your house is located oh, and the fact that you've cropped the picture so that they can't see the messy part of your house that's outside of the picture or whatever else, you know, that way you have more control. Right. Right. So, um, 
so that's my tip. One other nice thing about iCloud photo sharing is when you share a link by default, they expire in 30 days. And so people, let's just okay. say I sent it via messages. Someone can look in their, their messages app and they can look at the pictures, but after 30 days, they won't be there unless, unless the person actually manually downloads the pictures. And once they download them, well, then they're on their device and they can do what they want. But there's a certain degree of you sort of have control. Like if you ever wanted to, you know, I don't necessarily want them to have this forever. It's just if they download them now, great, but otherwise they're gone. And if right. you ever make a mistake, if you share using an iCloud photo link and then you're like, oh, I, I was oversharing there. I didn't mean I didn't mean to send that. <laughs> what you right. can do is on your photos app, if you open up the photos app um, at the very bottom of the photos app, one of the tabs is called for you. It's like the second tab at the bottom. And if you go there, you'll see things like memories and stuff like that for you. But if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see a section called iCloud links and it will show you which photo or which sets of photos you share oh, yeah. via an iCloud link. It tells you how many days there are left. And if you tap on one of those, you can tap at the very top right corner on those three dots and you can say, stop sharing now. So if you didn't mean to share, you know, if you overshared and you sent the wrong link to somebody, you, you have some protection. If they haven't already, if they've already downloaded them, then it's too late. But if right. they haven't yet downloaded them, you could stop the sharing. So you just get a lot more options when you wow. turn on. There is a lot iCloud, more in there. Right. right. And then likewise, if you don't want to share all that metadata and all that information, you might want to just share individual photos or individual videos. Keep in mind that videos are so huge that then it's going to be, you know, perhaps too big for an email or too big for a text message. So those are all the things that are at your fingertips. <laughs> if you tap the options great, button. Um, it's very useful. Yeah. And then, and then quickly, just to be sure. So you send an iCloud link and your recipient just gets a link. And when they tap that, it opens that link in on their computer, in, in, in a messages browser, or, or whatever. Their, so it yeah. depends on what they're using. If they have an iPhone right. or if they have an iPad, they will see little previews of the pictures and they can actually okay. see the, the full version of the picture. And if they okay. just want to look at it, great. If they want to download it, they can tap the download feature and it will download. Now, what if and it you opens send in a browser, right? And then they, they can download that. Well, from, if you, you actually know. download it, it will download it to your photos app. To, okay. To your actual okay. Photos okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Where things okay. get tricky is if you send it to someone who uses an Android phone. Or uh -huh. if you send it to someone who's accessing it on a computer, well, then it's different. Then what it's going to send them is a zip file. And on Android, oh, they can be complicated because it's going to put that into the into the file. I, I don't use Android phones very often. Right, but right, right. There's a, a separate files <laughs> app on Android, just like there's a files app on the iPhone. And they would need to, to look for the zip file and, and, you know, unzip the zip file and get the photos that way. Um, right. But it does work. And it's a way to send your Android friends all the full quality pictures without you know having a big message um so it, it apple has basically thought through all the different permutations to make it work um and it works fantastic that's that is brilliant i love that i because i remember that 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 options idea you know you you have to actually go into share and when you're sharing typically i just focus on the bottom part where i'm doing am i going to mm -hmm. send an email i'm going to send the messages but i think that was maybe ios 14 or so somewhere around there or maybe 13 it's about where four they started years ago putting, they added this feature yeah, yeah where they have that little options button up there and i find a lot of people just don't know that it's even there and i forget sometimes but that's really neat that you can go in and certainly for that and it's the same thing will happen if you're certainly if you're sharing a picture or a video or something like that but i think even in some cases if you're sharing a, a url or something else like that like that little options button at the very top of the share uh, uh page that comes up is really useful on that man 
Lots of tips today. That is fantastic, Jeff. Always good talking with you. Thanks, as always, for your uh, Friday post, and uh, especially for today, for doing a Saturday recording. I'll get this up and going, and uh, we'll talk to you in less than a little bit a week. But next time, we'll be back on regular, regularly programming schedule here. We'll be uh, talking with you next Friday as well. Talk to you next week, Jeff. Sounds good, Brett. Bye-bye, everybody.